Welcome to the Optimal Body Podcast. I'm Doc Jen. And I'm Dr. Dom. And we are doctors of physical therapy, bringing you the body tips and physical therapy pearls of wisdom to help you begin to understand your body, relieve your pains and restrictions, and answer your questions. Along with expert guests, our goal of the Optimal Body Podcast is really to help you discover what optimal means within your own body. Let's dive in. Today is day one of the Mobility Foundations course. And if you haven't gotten in yet, you can use code OPTIMAL20. This is going to get you $20 off of this course. And this is only for our podcast listeners. This isn't going out anywhere else. This is just for you. If you have not taken the plunge and gotten into Mobility Foundations, you know that you need mobility in your body. You know that you have consistent aches and pains. You know that you're trying to lift, but some things are just not getting where you want them to be getting. You need to set our foundation and understanding how to properly progress it from passive mobility all the way to loaded mobility. Hitting the four major joints within our body is really going to help to free up what you're feeling so that you move better and have less pain. This I'm really so excited for. I'm going to show up every week with you in order to be able to answer what's happening that week of mobility, what we just did, when it's most impactful, when you should use it, and answer any personal questions that are popping up along the way. Plus, when you get in right now and you join the community, you have an opportunity to win prizes just for signing up, and then more prizes are available if you really dive in with the community. We're going to have a, a private channel that we get to talk into this time that is on my Instagram. So if you go to my Instagram stories and go to the highlight for Mobility Foundations, you're going to find this channel that you can join. And this is where all the members are going to be. Um, not members, but people who have joined the, the challenge in order to further ask questions, get video help, understand when the lives are going to be. Just feel like you're moving with people and you're not so alone. And that's where we tend to fall off programs that we join, right? Is when we feel so alone in doing it. So this is going to help to, you know, create that support and accountability to really continue to show up for your body. And I'm just, I'm so excited for this course. I've never done anything like this. It's only going to take three to eight minutes a day. So again, if you haven't gotten in yet, that link is going to be down in the show notes. It is gen.health backslash foundations. If you use code optimal 20 at checkout, you're going to get $20 off of this course. This is the last week that you can use it as well. So please check down in the show notes, get into this course. Our guest for today's podcast is Justin Mihaly, who's an accomplished entrepreneur, podcaster, and bodybuilder. As the host of the Grow or Die podcast, Justin has interviewed over 100 successful founders and investors about topics like startup entrepreneurship growth, productivity, health and bodybuilding, and personal development. With over 2 million downloads, Grow or Die has become a must-listen for anyone looking to improve their business and life. In addition to his work as a podcaster, Justin is an avid bodybuilder who has won multiple competitions. He shares his fitness journey and tips for optimizing strength for your physical, mental, spiritual, and emotional growth on his Instagram account, which has nearly 50,000 engaged followers. Justin's own startup and investing experience further lend to his unique perspective and ability to extract key insights from the many remarkable guests he features on Grow or Die. And Jen and I have actually recently been able to be guests on his podcast, Grow or Die, and we're so excited to dive in today a little bit with Justin. Justin, thanks so much for uh, hopping on the podcast today. I've been so excited to interview you since we were on your podcast not too long ago and just had an incredible conversation. So 
excited to pick your brain a little bit today. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me on. It's super cool that I had y'all on mine and we had an unbelievable conversation. And so it's fun to be able to yeah. value back to y'all. So I really look forward to this. Now we know you have, you know, quite a history of a successful of successful body being successful in bodybuilding. I can use words today. <laughs> <laughs> what initially kind of got you interested in training and competing in this way? You know what's crazy? Um my mom and dad both have stories from when I was like quite young about I would be standing at checkout lanes in the grocery store. I'd want to go down the magazine out CVS and whatnot because I would want to see, I would want to sift through the pages of like the muscle developments or the you know, whatever muscly people were on the front of magazines. I wanted to know their story. I found it absolutely fascinating mm-hmm. that like wow, like you can build your physique to look like this. So I'm from Ohio, and, and anyone listening to the podcast from Ohio, I don't mean this in, in, in a too negative of a manner, but health and fitness isn't a thing good bodybuilding uh it's not really a thing there's not like a ton of gyms there there's not like a culture there right there's not this health craze culture and that's part of the reason i moved down to austin texas because i've just wanted to immerse my life in this our our value of the way that we see ourselves and the, the way that we push ourselves it introduces us before anything else does and i very much so agree with your energy introduces you before like your name does. Well, I feel the same way about our physiques and people who are in good shape. There's just a different level of respect. They kind of demand right away. And I guess I wanted to build something that was able to showcase that and earn people's respect right away. So hopefully I've been able to do that. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'd say so. Taking a quick pause from the interview to talk about one aspect of health that we think everyone should focus on. And that is hydration. Not just hydration by drinking water, but by making sure we're replacing those electrolytes that we lose naturally throughout the day. That is why Jen and I drink Element every single day to replace the sodium, magnesium, and potassium that we are just naturally losing without even realizing it. Making sure that these electrolytes are at their optimal levels can help with so many things from energy production at the cellular level to keeping our brain fog down, helping us with sleep, bowel movements, making sure we have smooth muscle contractions and are avoiding those muscle cramps. And even better, Element is just delicious. They have so many incredible flavors. Raspberry and watermelon are a couple of our favorite ones. Grapefruit used to be a seasonal flavor, but now it's around to stay. So if you're interested in getting Element and keeping yourself hydrated on that cellular level, go down to the link in the show notes. It's just drink element, spelled out L-M-N-T dot com backslash optimal. With every single order, you will get a free sample pack, which will allow you to taste all their flavors so that you know which flavor you want next time when you inevitably come back to get more because it's so good. So go to that link in the show notes and get your free sample pack today. And uh, so the magazines, seeing the physique, understanding like, hey, this is something that's attainable. This is a way that I can train my body uh, into something like this. That's kind of what grabbed you in. Talk about like once you started really diving in, doing the training, doing the competitions, what was it that then like kept you there? Because, and you can totally disagree with what I'm about to say, but I feel like I've heard people who compete in bodybuilding or compete in physique type competitions, which I know are are, are different arenas uh, in a way. They talk about some of the aspects of the sport and the training that 
can feel a little bit destructive or help or, or result in them developing what they would call unhealthy, you know, mm-hmm. behaviors in order to prepare for a competition. Did you notice any of that? Would you disagree with that? Oh God, I've been there. No, I'm, I'm in it. And let me tell you guys something. If you guys are listening to a bodybuilder and they're not capable of acknowledging the downside of the sports, it would be like listening to Patrick Mahomes after an NFL game. And he says that concussions don't exist in the NFL. Nobody gets involved (laughs) in bodybuilding because they're super confident in what they're bringing to the table from a physique perspective. Nobody wants to build these insanely masked up physiques because they're super secure in the skin that they're currently in and like you guys like calling a spade a spade so i've been in the bodybuilding industry for 10 years now i mean i lied to myself i lied to other people i was dishonest about what the sport brings no this sport can absolutely bring eating disorders the same way playing in the nfl can bring torn acls this sport brings a lot of mental ups Mm -hmm. and downs yet at the end of the day most people don't want to see it or acknowledge it because it's like well if i'm hitting prs in the gym and i'm getting bigger and i'm doing shows and i'm shredded i'm getting validation from everyone on my physique and i don't have to look internal i don't have to look into my mental i don't have to assess my emotional i don't have to have any sort of spiritual relationship whether that's religious or non-religious so i got into this because i i don't know i was completely traumatized from how poorly i i performed in college sports i went from being unbelievable in high school and nobody could touch me and i had a literal s on my chest because our high school was named shawnee and so we had an S that was right on the chest of every single one of our sports <laughs> uniforms. And all I did was win in everything. And I went to college and it was the exact opposite. There was, you know, some stuff that we, everyone has backstories of being broken up with by the person you love and your parents didn't give you the, the right love language and yada, yada, yada. So I got into it because it was just simply compensating for those other areas in my life that I didn't have the skill set or tools equipped to handle any other way. Now, that being said, bodybuilding is also the best thing that ever happened. It allotted me a mental foundation to be able to continually push and drive because every single day, like there's nothing that can be harder that happens to me today than leg day that I hit earlier. Like nothing that that was so painful. And there was so much and I I gave my best and Mm. there's something about bodybuilding that it's just so beautiful. You continue showing up and giving your best and it's amazing how it manifests into a stronger, more capable physique. Now, kind of tying the last point and this point together, we've got to be able to show up better for ourselves, for our mental well-being, for our emotional well-being. I mean, I mean, a 29-year-old bodybuilder just passed away last week. Why was he having liver surgery? He passed away from complication with liver surgery. Dude's 29. Like at some point, we have to realize that there's a very fine line between bodybuilding and just complete neglect of health. And again, it's I don't I don't want this conversation to be I don't want people who are listening to this to be like oh you know drugs and yeah like that's of course it's, it's part of the sport I'm gonna be a hundred, but that's like. If you want to remove a foundational principle of what it means to be a bodybuilder, that's like you going into the NFL and telling everyone they're not able to run at full speed. You have to run at half of your, so you can just jog around the field so no one gets hurt, right? So there, for me, the foundational purpose was mm. 
dude, I just want to push myself. I want to push myself hard and I want to know everything I'm capable of. But there's a very toxic relationship that can be happening there and that people can fall into that I, I too fell into for a moment. But yeah, that's kind of my belief system on where we need to go as a whole. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I... I like that you relate it to a sports reference and what people can kind of understand because that is what this is. It's it's a sport in a sense where you're training out of the norm for so, for something that your body has to perform for. Mm-hmm. And it with out of the norm comes both what you've talked about which are the downfalls and the benefits that you see with being able to push yourself to a place that you maybe never thought you could get to and seeing these incredible results that you're capable of from your hard work and yet the other side of you know maybe not taking care of your ideal optimal health on the inside based on either what you're taking or the, the strictness that or, you have to be yeah, yeah. in you know, so yes, there's benefits and there's downfalls. And I think remembering for people that this is a type of sport, this is something that's out of the norm mm-hmm. that you're doing, I think is so mm-hmm. important. Now, how did you start to identify these things that aren't healthy? And what did you do about them? That is a great, great question. Um, so Jen, I, I when I was younger, I mentioned I was kind of bodybuilding to overcompensate for other things in my life. So Along with that, there was a ton of emotional immaturity, just so much emotional immaturity and anger problems and just not understanding how to control anything that was going on in my life. Um, So that was kind of the first evolution was, wow, you really need to put some work in on your emotional control, the things you let affect you. And through that, I went back to kind of the root of traumas, which I was terrified of being abandoned. Um, so I would just like grasp onto things and lash out uh, and and completely sever, like burn the ships. If there was one thing in a relationship or in a conversation or anything that was pointing towards abandonment. And furthermore, it was about understanding how important and critical your environment is and who you're becoming. And I mean, I was immersed in a bunch of other people that were just like me. Uh, they had the, the, I call it the underdeveloped prefrontal cortex syndrome. <laughs> it's just a complete lack of emotional control, a complete lack of emotional of, of uh, mental maturity. So I just continually identified that hey, I don't really like how I handle this situation. I burned a lot of bridges. I lost a lot of friends because I didn't have the skill set equipped. You know, as, as as men growing up, it's you don't. I mean, in my personal experience, like I, I didn't get told that I, it was okay, like show emotions or the only emotion that I ever saw was anger. So if that's all that you ever see, like that's probably all you know how to express. And there was no vulnerability. It was just happy or angry. Um, so I utilized resources around me. Like the, of course, uh, therapy was kind of the gateway. And then I just, I immersed myself in people and and men specifically that had an emotional maturation that I really admired. And, um, you know, since I've kind of, I've wanted to get much more spiritually involved with myself. So I've, I've surrounded myself with people that are 
I look up to in that realm. Um, so I guess the, the theme of what I've done and something I preach often is if you want to be something, you immerse yourself within that. So if I tell you guys that I want to be a billionaire, well, you're probably not going to get there by hanging out with people that make $100,000 a year. And $100,000 a year is incredible. But if I say I want to be a billionaire, you got to hang out with people who are billionaires, right? Uh-huh. If you're grossly you know, overweight to a place you don't like looking at yourself, that your health is not in a position where you can truly say that you're a healthy individual, yet all of your friends are the same way and they don't want to make a change, there's not a chance that you're going to change. You're not going to break the norm of the environment that you're around. It's, we are tribal beings by nature. So I just put myself in environments. I, I guess I'm kind of notorious for having the conversation of, hey, like this isn't serving me right now. This is why I need to progress and move forward. And you just continually immerse yourself in the environment of what you want to become. That might sound harsh. Does that sound harsh? <laughs> no, I, I really like that. And it kind of, to me, makes me think of the how people always say, like, you're a combination of the five people that you're closest to. Uh, and I think there's not many more statements that are more true than that because, like you said, you spend enough time around people who are doing certain things, who act in a certain way, who have a certain level of emotional intelligence. Um you will start to migrate in the in those directions and start to adopt some of the behaviors that you're seeing. And I, I really resonated with, with what you said about, you know, the, the overcompensation in the bodybuilding space and, and how you felt like a lot of what you were doing early on was overcompensating for some of the emotional baggage that you hung on to because I come from an environment of you know, college football. And to me, there's nothing that (laughs) I've experienced that can be more toxic in some ways than the college football locker room or weight room. Mm -hmm. Because I I literally, looking back on it, would say we were in the weight room building up that physical armor so that nobody could pierce it to get to our emotional insides. (laughs) And and I, I think that that's so valid in the way that I trained and thought about myself. And, you know, that we've kind of touched on the corners of this aesthetic conversation and yeah. being in the world of bodybuilding, like that's the goal. Get your body to a certain mm-hmm. place, look a certain way so you can go to competition and, and crush it. And yeah. it, it's, it's a topic that's talked about so much in, oh, we, we need to have body positivity. We need to feel good about our body regardless of the shape or size or how we look um, versus, you know, the bodybuilding space where it's like, you're, you're not going to be happy with your body unless you look a certain way or unless you're performing at the highest level and winning those competitions. So I'm going to kind of leave it open on what's your take or how do you talk about the body positivity movement and when, especially when it comes to aesthetics and how you look. Yeah, yeah. Another great question. Also, I, I, I want to say I recently heard something that uh, I, I think you guys both might like. Um, I heard Dr. Dom said you're with the average of the five people we hang around with the most. I heard something over the weekend said you're an average of the five podcasts you listen to the most. And you know what? I kind of like that. I'm going to run with it. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so... When, when it comes to the body positivity, so there's there's two routes this conversation. Number one, like the, the more general route is just what's going on in like the real world, right? I don't I don't 
refer to bodybuilding much as the real world because uh, everything that's going on is so extreme. But right. I mean, it's difficult to say that body positivity is not simply you allowing yourself to be the healthiest that you can possibly be. We have metrics for this. We understand how important VO2 max is for longevity. We understand how important glucose regulation is for diabetic control, for, for body fat control. We understand how important being strong is. There is no greater uh, source of longevity than the strength that you have. Now, of course, is there a negative feedback loop when you get into the realm of bodybuilding? Absolutely. But that's not because of the muscle tissue you have. Uh, and that's obvious. That's due to side effects of the sport. So we have metrics that we know without a shadow of doubt help the human body get through the human life experience in a healthier, more conducive environment to thrive. So with the body positivity movement, when people are like, well, you know, like fat, fat should be celebrating yada, yada. I mean, do we literally have like unending amounts of research that suggests if you are over fat and you are under muscled, that you are literally not in a positive environment for your human body. So how in the hell are we going to celebrate positivity in that? You're slowly killing yourself. You know what's absolutely fascinating? I'm not sure if you guys have seen it. Um, I, I'm currently reading. Uh, I'm, I'm reading a book called um, Lost Connection, and in Lost Connection, it's talking about how loneliness and obesity are the two deadliest experiences that a human body can naturally experience. Of course, like other than being like, you know, like really intense, brutal things happening. Those two will kill you the absolute fastest. And I find that absolutely fascinating. You have to have close friends and you have to be in shape. Like period point blank in the discussion. So I don't celebrate body positivity for like everyone's all inclusive. I push people to find what exercise do you like doing? The onsetic strength training for females who are not from an athletic background who might be 35, 40, 45 years old that don't have a, a vast knowledge of the gym, the odds of strength training or what you are going to enjoy are slim to none at that point. So what do you like? Do you like classes? Do you like CrossFit? Do you like... Yeah. I, I literally don't care. I just want people to move their body and be healthy. Now, in the bodybuilding space, oh my gosh, you guys would be absolutely amazed at what goes on with people. I mean, you'll be eight weeks post-show you look like an abs you look like an avenger like you look like you just jumped out of a marvel movie and these people are so lost in their mental that they don't think they look good that they're crying that they're restricting their foods cuz cuz their lines and body fat from the competition aren't the same i mean you look like a literal marvel character was sculpted and turned into real life and you know this is going on which you know, you kind of start getting into with a lot of people, you get into a body dysmorphia type of situation where it's like, I understand you want to be better. You want to do more. You want to yada, yada. The standard yeah. is high, but having a high standard versus just simply like 
hating your body because you're not as peeled as you were on stage is absolute levels of insanity. And in the bodybuilding space specifically, I know that's not your guys' target audience, but since we're talking about it, and maybe two or three might listen to this, and I hope they do. In the bodybuilding space, dude, we have to have a way better focus on what's going on with these people's mental. And I feel like it's like that in all sport, um, everywhere. College football, like Dr. Dom talked about being in a college football locker room. There needs to be more mental health awareness in college football locker rooms as well. You can maintain a competitive edge while maintaining and improving your mental health. How do I know this? I've done it. And it's a very hard transition, but it's very possible. And we need more of that. Uh, A thousand percent. We need more of it. Like I couldn't couldn't agree with you more, Justin. This is such an important conversation. And, you know, I think it can be triggering about the body positivity, but I think if we approach it more from a body neutrality and it's not about, it's about health, it's about mental health, it's about physical health, it's about so much more than just being positive, but it's also about respecting your body in a way that it's not good or bad or this or that. It's about what am I doing to provide for my body, especially for all it does back for me. And so if we, and, you know, and I've heard different coaches, you know, continue to talk about this and it is going to continue to be a triggering conversation for people, which I think is fine. Whenever we have a trigger, it's like, okay, why is that triggering me rather than let me get mad at who's saying it. (laughs) But, (laughs) you know, but really starting to understand this conversation I think is so important. Now, can you speak a little bit to more of the health benefits that you find from bodybuilding? Like what makes it healthier um, in terms of whether that is becoming part of a routine or like what are the, the benefits that you think people can take an average person who's not going to go into a bodybuilding competition, but what can they take from this aspect of bodybuilding that you think can be beneficial in anyone's life. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I, I want to add one point, if you don't mind, on uh, the triggering nature of the body positivity movement yes. before we hop in. Um, so you, you brought up the, the mental health component um, and just a super brief overview of how mental health and obesity versus lack of are tied together is you know, our neural cells. The, the brain cells in our body, they're constantly communicating with each other, right? Well, those use glucose, they use ketones, so there's an insulin component to these, right? So if you have high systemic blood glucose, your pancreas is constantly releasing insulin, you have high insulin levels, then your neural connections, your neurotransmissions, they're going to be delayed, which literally means that if you are over fat, You are not going to be as mentally capable in social relationships, romantic relationships, communication, your work output, anywhere, because you do not have regulated glucose. And I I, I hope I never come off as being desensitive. I just simply hate when I care more about people's health than they do. Now, to get into your question, the positives of bodybuilding, oh, man. I'm grinning ear to ear thinking about this one because there's honestly so many. The number one, when you're training for aesthetics, you become very in tune with your musculoskeletal system. And you guys, 
when we're able to take the brain and we truly connect it with our body, like we're truly connected with both. Because most people walk around disassociated with one or both, and that's absolutely terrifying. If we can combine all of these and we can bring them both to our conscious to where, I mean, the three of us are sitting on this call, but we can all flex our hamstrings right now, just in whatever position we're in, we can flex our hamstrings. We can flex our biceps. Or we can call on our lats to do something. That level of intuition with your body, the things that come with it, you're able to auto-regulate your health everywhere. Well, there's not really anything that can teach that outside of a bodybuilding strength training and what you guys do with your people, with the breath work, with the mobility work, with all those things. You have to understand the way that your body can move and the way that your body can perform within movement patterns. When you can combine those two things, it truly makes the world your playground in terms of what you're able to do from a physical standpoint. Furthermore, in bodybuilding, we're constantly reviewing and looking at blood work. There's a gut issue that pops up, got to be able to fix it. There's a sleep issue that pops up, got to be able to fix it. There's any issue whatsoever that pops up. We have stress. We are overthinking. We're not able to eat this food. We understand we feel best after this food. We like this exercise. Our body doesn't love this exercise. So on and so forth. And you continue compiling all of this data about yourself, you have these tools to use forever. That is, I mean, that is so extremely powerful. You can go sit down at a restaurant away from a diet plan and be like, no, you know what? Actually, like a ribeye, my body doesn't love a ribeye. The high fat just doesn't digest well for me. So I'm going to get a filet. Whereas most people are just going through life like, man, why do I feel so bad? And they don't have any answer for it. Or even scarier, they don't realize that they don't feel well. And that's terrifying. That's a terrifying place to be. I have some like metrics for like how to know if you feel well. Number one, do you sleep through the night? Number two, are you hungry throughout the day? Like legitimately, do you have a time where your body's asking you to be fed because you need nutrition? Number three, do you have healthy work habits and do you have healthy social habits? If you have these three things and you're able to do some sort of intense physical output, then your chances of feeling well are a lot better than not feeling well. Um, the issue is people don't sleep they might, or, or they're never hungry throughout the day or they don't have meaningful social connections. Or, and all, it's, it's, all of these things are all encompassing. This is full scale health. And I find that bodybuilding is able to really give that to people at a, a very high level. Yeah, I, I think that that's a great point. And I think that that is something that it's a hard thing to help people understand how to do building that own like internal innate body awareness when it comes to health, when it comes to how you're moving, when pains pop up, when you feel a certain way in your digestion starting to be able to attribute that to the behaviors, to the things that you decided to eat or, oh, I really haven't exercised or moved my body in the past few days, you know, in a significant manner. And, and starting to be able to make those connections is so powerful because then you can take responsibility for how great you feel on any given day. And you can also start to correlate certain behaviors you may have done and said, hey, 
that didn't make me feel that great. And then the next time that decision comes up, being able to say, you know what, I'm going to go with the filet instead of the ribeye, or I'm going to go with the Mm -hmm. sirloin instead of the ribeye because it has a little less fat. And, Mm -hmm. And I feel like that is a hard place to understand, to, to get people to understand, like you can get there. You can get to the point where you know the activities and the foods and the social interactions that fill you up and you know the ones that have more negative or symptomatic side effects uh, uh, down mm-hmm. the road. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that is a great you know, way of putting like one of the main benefits of bodybuilding. I, I want to add one quick point in here, Dr. Dom. So we're talking about the ribeye. We're talking about the filet. Um, people might find this interesting. I know I do. I, maybe you guys will as well. Um, so when you look at a steak, uh, like the fattier cuts have that intramuscular marbling. So when you look at a ribeye, you'll notice the fat yeah. is all inside of the muscle, like in between the muscle. Right. Um, so the human body's the same yeah. way. If, if you have too much body fat on you, then you're like your intramuscular fat stores are going to expand and like look like a ribeye. Um, whereas if you're leaner and tighter in nature, lower body fat nature, you'll look more like a, a, a filet. Like if you were to cut yourself open, as <laughs> awful as that might sound, do you want to be a ribeye <laughs> or do you want to be a filet? I know like me personally, I want to be a filet. <laughs> so now that maybe, maybe you guys find that interesting. All this is telling me is that if we're stranded on an island, we're cutting Justin open first and eating that, <laughs> You've eating got that a juicy lot filet. Of there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I volunteer. Yeah, also that because we'll be able to survive for we'll be able to survive for months. <laughs> but um, beyond that, I think one of the benefits that I want to ask about is strength training in general. You know, a, a lot of people. Like you mentioned, the the person who's listening who might be the, the 35 to 55-year-old, you know, middle-aged woman or something who ha- doesn't go into the gym or doesn't lift heavy weights a lot. And I think heavy is always relative because, of course, we're looking at you deadlifting 600 pounds or something and people think, oh, that's heavy. <laughs> well, no, relatively, that, that could be heavy for Justin, but yeah. what is the importance of lifting heavy? You mentioned that having strength in your body is one of the most important things for longevity and a long health span. But if you had a 30 to 60 second elevator pitch on like, how can you convince people that you should be strength training to some degree in your routine? So 36 second elevator pitch on strength training, everything we do throughout the day requires some element of strength. You're carrying a 15 pound child or you're, you're carrying your book bag around to go to work place to place, you are going to have aches and pains in your joints if your muscles are not strong enough to support these joints. The more musculature we have, the greater strength output we have, the more capable human beings we are. You're able to pick up your child when they fall down. You're able to carry the groceries up the steps and not have your back hurt or your knees hurt or your hip hurt. When you have pains in your joints, it is because your muscles are not able to support what you are asking it to do. The more strength you have, the more muscle you have, the greater longevity you have, and the greater ability to get through day-to-day life you are able to accomplish. A thousand percent. I think the value and understanding, oh, I do these activities throughout the day, yet I only lift 10 pounds, or I'm afraid to go over 
15 pounds, even though my kid weighs 20 pounds, you know, we 40 pounds, we we forget like the day to day tasks and that Mm. we're not training it. (laughs) It's kind it's kind of wild. And I, and I think putting that into better perspective, like how would you recommend them to get started if they're so afraid and they really like they've heard that heavy lifting is what is going to cause pain. Heavy lifting is what is going to cause my my joints to ache. Like, how would you s- convince someone, you know, to kind of get in and get started? Where should they start? Oh, yeah. So I would say, truly, to start out, uh, you should probably hire a trainer. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I highly recommend that. You want to make sure that you're moving appropriately through different movement patterns and trying to like guess it for yourself and like elementary school your way through something that we want to like gain a master's type of education in is going to be really difficult. If you can work with a trainer one-on-one, that is your best bang for your buck to guarantee that what you're doing is aligned with where you want to go. Now, that might not be in everyone's budget. That might not be in everyone's time availability. I would find people such as Dr. Jen and Dr. Dom, maybe myself on social media that are reputable sources of information and just pick their brain, learn from them. There's cheap programs out there that you can pick up and you can have a step-by-step guidance on what you should be doing. What's the route that we should take? Um, where should we go? And Within that, I think is is taking the guesswork out. You're taking the 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 frustration away from protocoling. If you remove guesswork and you have a plan that gets you from point A to point B without as many distractions or unknown variables as possible, then your odds of success are quite high. So research a lot yourself, but if you have the means to hire a professional. Like put the ego aside and hire a professional because you're going to get two times further in half the time if you have someone truly helping you. I couldn't agree with you more. And I think getting with that professional is just paramount to be able to, like we were talking about earlier, start to develop that intuition into your own body by having someone guide you through that. And like you said, if you don't have the means, referring to something else we talked about, surround yourself with those people, immerse yourself in that environment whether it's a friend, a family member, or at at a gym you go to, you notice a group um, that looks friendly enough that is over strength training, go and ask them like, hey, any chance that I could, you know, come and work out with you someday. That's the way that you can surround yourself with the people to to start building that strength into your routine if it's not something you're currently doing. I did want to just ask quick, I know um, we were chatting before we came on about how a lot of the training that you've done with your Team Mahali group up to this point has been kind of geared into the bodybuilding space, helping people prepare their body and get ready for competitions. But you were mentioning how you're wanting to make a little pivot into working with people more in the community. Now, I know bodybuilding and training bodybuilders is always going to hold a huge part in your heart, a huge space in your heart. But can you talk a little bit about wanting to get more into the community and, and working with people in that capacity? Yeah, I think anytime you can bring a communal approach into, well, really anywhere in life, I mean, 
we're tribal beings by nature, right? So if you can bring community into what we're doing, um, it gives us all an accountability metric. That's more than just a coach. You've got to, you've got to pull through for your team. And on TM, what we're doing, we have people winning shows. I have a client right now that's 86 down and we're going to be a hundred down by December. Uh, we just won a huge show over the weekend. We've got people competing at the Olympia. We've got people competing at nationals. We've got people fixing their, their, their gut health issues. We've got people coming and getting off medications with us. We've got people coming and we're getting, we're able to get them to a place where they don't have to rely on Adderall anymore because we teach them what their brain is doing, how it's working, where the downfalls are, and we're able to help them rewire those places, supplement those places, change their lifestyle around so these places are not just going to be crutches for us, they're going to be strengths for us. So we have a community-based approach to fitness the odds that you want to show up for your crew, that you want to show out for your crew, that you want to be a showcase client with what you're doing, I just firmly believe that our odds of success are much higher if, if, if we're able to do that, you know? Mm-hmm. Community is really everything and it holds that accountability and and you just get it. You get to see what's possible from other people. And it's immersion in the environment, like we've been talking right. about this whole time. Like, exactly. <laughs> yep. Exactly. So, where could people find how to work with you or get involved with this community? Yeah. So, if you follow me on Instagram at J M I H A L Y, but it's Justin Mihaly. Uh, follow me there. Check me out on the Grow or Die podcast. There's a ton of stuff on there as well. Fitness pertaining. Dr. Dom and Dr. Jen have been on and we had an amazing episode. So sprint over to check that episode out after you're done with this one. Um, Hey, shoot me a DM and you're going to see... Um, the, the staff that I have with Team Mahaley, you're going to see everything that we're doing. You can reach out to any of them at any time as well. Um, we're always here to help. So however we can provide value to you truly, we mean it. So I would love to chat with you guys further on Instagram. Perfect. Definitely. No, thanks for that. Thanks for being here. And, and yeah, for people who listen to our podcast who get sick of us being the interviewers, <laughs> um, head over to Justin's podcast on grow or dive we had an awesome conversation if you want to hear someone sling the questions at us instead um justin it's been amazing having you on we can't wait to to get to meet you in person sometime i would love to throw some heavy shit around the weight room with you at some point but yeah <laughs> hope you have a good one man thanks Let's for being here yeah that sounds great to me i appreciate you guys having me on thank you so 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 much and i look forward to meeting y'all as well chat soon Another great episode. Of course, if you heard something that you know could support someone else, please pass this episode along. And if you haven't gotten into Mobility Foundations yet, we started today. Today, we went through nine self-assessments to really understand not only passively where your body is within your range of motion, but actively how much mobility you have, what you need to work on. And I'm going to help you properly progress your mobility from doing more passive to active, controlled, and loaded mobility as we move through this month. Every single day, we're going to tap on something new and I'm going to help support you as you go through. It's so important to move through as a community. So I really really hope that you join us. Don't forget to use code OPTIMAL20 and you actually get a discount. So go down to the link in the show notes, gen.health slash foundations. I hope I see you in there.